know. I mean, I also say envelope like a weirdo because my mom said envelope, even though she knows that everybody else does it. Envelope. Envelope is just sounds better. And then I also say either instead of either because either just makes you sound like either. And either it's just like, that's fine. Agreed. I saw a I saw a, like, what word pronunciation really bothers you post on TikTok the other day, and the lady just, like, lights off with, like, 15 of them, and I was on the right side of the argument for most of them, but then there's things like library and (laughs) stuff, like February and all this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not on the right side of that. Probably also not nuclear. I would like to say that that's a regional thing, and also that the pretension in all of that was strong. And both of those things are true. But then there's also just that I've always been bad with my R's. And I'm also bad at hearing vowels. So this made linguistics really great for me. (laughs) That's a good fit. (laughs) So, yeah. um, I blamed the Simpsons Simpsons for nuclear. Um, And also can't hear well so and then sometimes these days i've been like my brain gets stuck on the word and the word that i want is a very specific word but i've like legit forgotten how to like enunciate the damn thing so I'm just like, uh, mm, uh, mm, and my brain's just like, no, you must persevere. So I'm sitting here stuttering like an idiot in front of like people in my like training that I'm training. And I'm like, nope, nope, you got to use the pretentious word. You can't sub. Your brain's not working on sub. Your brain's <laughs> only working on tongue movement. So you got to just get it. Get it, girl. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is the worst. What is I... happening? I can understand. There's something about wearing the professional hat where I can only use the big words. Yeah. So I'm in meetings with clients and I'll say, say things and they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm like, great. Did anybody else did? Because I, I can't. <laughs> and yeah, somebody just... usually swoops in with a better explanation. I'm like, I can know we're good because I feel s- s- power. And it's bullshit <laughs> power. And it's like, I don't I feel like you have to respect me. <laughs> like you must respect the vocabulary. Stupid. Well, I have officially woken up my daughter, right. so that's our our three minutes was three minutes. <laughs> that's how much how much time we got. Good talk, everyone. Good talk. See you next month. <laughs> you know what? I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like this is a really great segue into oh, yeah. what we are going to be talking about today. What are we talking today, about? Today, we're not talking about a comic. We are talking about a TikTok video you sent me. Okay. Was, was it TikTok? So, dear listeners... It was TikTok, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, dear listeners, I don't have the TikTok 
I haven't downloaded it. I haven't set up an account. Um, I almost don't need to because how many other people cough, just cough, send me videos. One um, person with the strength of three. Yes, it, it like from all different subgenres. Like, fucking a man, you sent me like six entirely thematically different videos at one point, and I was like, I feel like I'm having a like a normal day of my life, honestly. But it was just like, what the fuck is connecting you to these things? Like, the algorithm is just a mess for you. I it's love bananas. it because you I can't just... be confined to one. Thing, but like also I cannot shit. be tamed <laughs> cannot be tamed no algorithm is pinning you down bitches <sighs> anyway um, hi I'm Erin your master of mediocrity and I'm Jessica your lieutenant of literature how many L's and with me yeah. is the child who will be making appearances undoubtedly yeah, but I'm really glad the child is here. So back to that TikTok video, I guess. Um, <laughs> the video featured a hilarious and short scathing retort to some, I think, podcaster who finds their opinions worthy enough to not only record in audio but also video where the out of context question was how many girl women do you know who have hobbies like like and it seemed surreal uh like this guy didn't know any woman with a hobby any woman at all I was the retort kind of pissed off yeah any woman yeah yeah, and the guy's the guy's retort was fucking hilarious. It was like, "How many women do you know?" End of sentence. <laughs> fucking loved it. Loved it. Great timing. It's a guy who's also like things that you can say to piss off white men or whatever. I don't know his name. I'm sorry, stranger out there in the universe. When we figure you out, we'll put the link. Fuck it. I have the link in a Facebook message or some shit. I'll put the link in our episode description. Amazing. Great. I will redeem myself. So future you listener or current you listener who's listening, read the description. It's in there. Whatever. Okay. So um, what was really like, that was the final straw for having this conversation and having this episode because Jess and I have had a multitude of conversations where we've had to kind of very rapidly reschedule and replace things and turn our content schedule like we had it all set up because I think we started this season being like fuck yes if we get it planned or at least this is how I felt if we get it planned we're going to have a way to do it Jess knows to look ahead I know to look ahead and we can plan out and then we get, always get to it and we're like I don't want to fucking touch whatever we put on the list like at least for me I'm like that's going to be hard to read of course, because you and I only read depressing shit. And so you and I are just kind of like, we want, really wanted to read this and have a good time. Let's do that. And then we're like, yes. And then we have a two-day turnaround on us getting the audio, getting it read, getting the audio recorded, and then sending it out to our friends who are helping with the audio editing. Yeah. Because we had to outsource the audio editing. Yeah. 
it's been a mess. And I mean, like, so just inspirational, yeah. really. If you saw the background and the the Herculean lengths that Erin will go to sometimes to just like pull herself up by her emotional bootstraps and get the shit done, it's been inspirational. Too bad it's something. It's it's my own personal secretariat that I'm sitting here watching. <laughs> just <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, to give kind of an idea of how much I have to layer up, I am occasionally meeting myself through this recording so I can nom on some pasta just because I just got home from work as for us to sit down and record. We have a very short window because of Jess's schedule and I mean, work schedule and child like mother schedule. And then (laughs) I've also made plans to go um, maintain a healthy social life and enjoy new media with friends. Because I have fucking hobbies, dick, with a fucking podcast out there. Yes. And, like, I think this conversation's getting a little chaotic, but when we were first starting this podcast, when we were recording season one and most of season two, we found that things were a lot easier to navigate. Sure, we kind of had to push things back, but it was also a little bit pre-COVID whenever we started. So you were able to travel to me, we were able to record in person, and we recorded a bunch of episodes at once. As I say, we started like Great. at trying it. to do 15 to 20 minute episodes, and then promptly found out that we were way cooler than we thought we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So of course, you know, that meant we were making more content, and we were still trying to meet kind of regularly, but even then... With the travel, with the fact that we also had, like, other hobbies, like, social lives, and then also responsibilities, which we'll get to those in a while. You know, it kind of delayed our recording. We couldn't record, like, four episodes at once. You know, we just, like, run out of steam and opinions. So, uh, we did more frequent, and certainly with COVID and your pregnancy, we had to transition our recording to an online setting. So that's what we've been doing. And we kind of, I think we tried a couple times to do multiple episodes at once, um, found that that wasn't really effective for us. And now we're just kind of where we're at now, which is record when we can, get it out edited by who we can, and then push it out, hopefully as close to Monday as possible. Listeners, we appreciate your patience. And maybe you're asking, what does this have to do with that video of do women have hobbies? I just want to talk about the reasons why we've had to fucking let this go. This is a hobby. One, I'm going to define a hobby real quick. It's a fucking thing you do to have fun. Sure, we love it if you reimburse us. um, Because buying and reading comics takes a fucking lot of money. And we are putting work out. And if you feel ever so wonderful to be like, that was delightful. Here's $3. I mean, whatever. We're not asking you to do it. Though we do like reviews because like comments, feedbacks, whatever is a fucking dopamine hit. Like, so be it. But something we don't get paid for. We're trying to do it the best we can. And like for me, seeing another person who's like women of hobby, they're doing the same fucking hobby as me. I was like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Then I was thinking about all the other reasons that we've had to delay this shit. Like, you have a child. You were pregnant. 
how can you really maintain that energy for like constantly reading and recording and video auditing or audio editing? What? (laughs) (laughs) When you're growing a human, caring for a human, still working your insane hours at your factory job, like, and maintaining your household, the groceries, because, like, all of that emotional work with your husband, your partner, you got married in the middle of this, like, yeah, and we're not only, like, you're responsible for so much of that stuff, not that your husband wouldn't go above and beyond to help you out, but, like, you fucking carried the emotional burden, like, or at least yeah. the mental burden of being like, what's the running to-do list? What's the running grocery list? What's the running, you know, like, shit that needs to be done that you have to then delegate to him? Which takes a lot of fucking mental work. A lot of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the same thing in your household, right? Like, you have that whole mental load for the household. And I feel like, and we talked a little bit about this before we recorded the episode, that, like, the number in your household exponentially increases the amount of mental load that you're a bit being like expected to carry as the woman in the house and that seems like a rude thing to say or it seems unpolitic but if you're in uh, some situation where you there are multiple genders in the house like you are the one who is just traditionally quote-unquote gag me expected to do that and you've been raised and internalized all of that your entire life. For instance, like with my daughter, I'm the mother, which everyone keeps saying. And I was harangued at work the other day for a holiday that we don't celebrate. We don't celebrate Easter in my house. And they were treating me like I was denying my daughter a birthday present for not getting her an Easter basket in a way that was completely, I was like, I don't celebrate I don't celebrate a lot of things that I, you know, like I, we don't, we don't participate in Ramadan. We do not do like Hanukkah. I don't, I don't do a lot of things and I'm not the devil for not doing that. And you know, like what, this is a very exceptionally Christian holiday that you're expecting me to, to, to do when that wasn't something I was raised with. Like, I don't understand. They're like, but you're the mother and you're just doing it because you, you're not doing it because you don't want to. Your years old. Yeah. She's, she's seven months old now. And and they're like, you're just doing it because you don't want to do it. And that's okay. selfish. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, are you, no, are you guys serious? Are you punking me? And they're like, nope. They're very serious. They all were like, on the verge of tears, that's some of them. ridiculous. And I was like, what? What? <gasps> yeah. And then, like, Valentine's Day, she goes to a pretty institutional school. Like, it's it's a daycare, but it's all the way through preschool. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty institutional. And they already had Valentine's Day, like, Valentine's? Like, that they could pass out. And not a lot of them didn't Four participate. Four seven-month-olds. Yeah. A lot of them didn't participate, but there were some that participated. And I bought some presents for her teachers and for her friends. Because they were just, like, rattle-type things that I was going to give them. And then there was this moment of humiliation and shame when I realized everybody else had gotten baby food. Like, of course, you would just buy baby food instead. But there was, like, baby food bags. Like, a bag full. I haven't bought baby food yet, and she's still eating what she got for Valentine's Day. And I never filled out the cards. I never took the cards in or the little nice teacher gifts that I got. I didn't take any of that shit in. 
And I remember I mentioned it to Corey and about how like devastated I was that I was unable to meet this like demand. He's like, they're fucking seven months old. Who cares? And I'm like, well, nobody's blaming you for not doing it. <laughs> no one expects you. No one's blaming you for not making it. a fucking Easter basket. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it just, so. it's like, that's the type of shit. Yeah. And, and you're a manager at work. Like you I supervise know. at work. And I supervise at work and we have to manage regular to-do lists and outcomes at work, which men do too. Well, and I'm not taking that away. I'm not a manager, but continue. Yes. The point still stands. There okay, are, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any direct reports, which is very important in a factory setting. Whereas maybe elsewhere it's not as important, okay. but okay. <laughs> in case anyone that I work do with finds me. you do project management at your job? I do, I do project management, but oh, it's okay, basically, I okay. manage the product of my own labor. Like, I, I, I work for myself on those projects. He just, here's a project, i.e. do the entire thing and then talk to people about it sometimes. <laughs> You're like all my school projects. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But that still also has, like, your own to-do list. And everybody has that component. I mean, for the most part. You have your own list of goals and projects that you're managing for yourself um, in your personal life or at, in your work life. I'm not going to take yeah. that away from men. But no. for us and for a lot of women that we know, we are also like managing a degree of other people's performance at work, managing other people's performances at home, our performance at home, the physical care of others. <laughs> And then maintain, like, adding hobbies on top of that, which, by the way, one of my coworkers, I kind of brought this up to her, she brought up that traditionally most feminine hobbies are hobbies that benefit the family as a whole. Gardening, if you garden vegetables or other food products, knitting, crocheting, you know, cooking. Things like that are things that also can go to your family. Because, like, yeah. are you just baking to throw it away? Are you drawing for the joy? No. Like, baking, for me, is a hobby. Like, I, I love that stuff. But I also do it because I love to share the food with others. Which doesn't delegitimize the hobby in and of itself. Like, baking is an amazing act, an amazing art, an amazing skill. But, like, it's considered a feminine hobby. And then masculine folks dominate the industry. And that's also another thing that fucking pisses me off is, like, fashion, being able to crochet, make clothes, um, knit, things like that. Those are things that are feminine hobbies because you do them for your family or for yourself. And yet men dominate the professional field. And fucking... Anyway, so podcasting. <laughs> like... To, just to have this peer, like I've, I've tried to ask people in their development of their podcast, what do you give up to prioritize your podcast? What have you given up to improve your podcast? You know, how do you balance your work, your personal, your home, your romantic, your social lives with your podcast? What, what do you do? And the answer that I've gotten mostly, and this is by no means a drag on anybody I've asked the question to, I think it's a degree of understanding what I'm asking. 
because the answer that I usually get is, well, I just stopped paying attention to downloads. And I'm like, that doesn't change the fact that every day I have to, you know, manage the dishes or the trash or like the food that smells bad in the fridge, you know, like, or sweep the floor and I've got cats and like, like, I don't, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you just gave up managing downloads? I don't, it, it, <laughs> I feel like I'm you kind of missed the And I love this podcast it. and it's a hobby and to have somebody who, yeah because i mean okay so you did a really you had a really good example for me um whenever i don't i don't know this was like last week or the week before whenever you were talking about um like the things that were weighing on your mental list that that week and um you said that you were wiping up the salt and water from the floor and that you had that somebody else had dragged in and that you had purchased the shoe rack to solve the problem for the mess that somebody else had created and then while you were in the kitchen like it set off a whole different list of things that you were required to do and walking in the house was a like a list of things that you walked by that were projects weighing on your mind you know and it was just like but the shoes and the shoe rack was like the thing that was like, yes, that is a perfect explanation for the kind of mental work that I do in my house that my husband doesn't do or doesn't carry. Like he hold he holds that for me when it's inside the house, which is the traditional delineation, by the way, as well. But he does that. He holds that to me and I am supposed to be the record keeper and the chimer. And it might not be my task, but it is my task to remind him of which is like which a fucking is, lot yeah. if you're neurospicy you know what i mean like if you're neurospicy then maybe that shouldn't be your task <laughs> but you know i don't know that was just like the most perfect but, but like also yeah you like, cleaned why, up the product I mean, of the mess and then you it, fixed it begs- the root cause of the mess and it was all a mess that you ha- yourself had not um, been a part of. <laughs> like, yeah. Completely and outside that, of you and yeah, your realm. And that's what kind of... And yeah, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, that is a really good point of like... For a while, and... Okay, it's, I'm going to take a five minute There break are signs then... pointing to it making... Because I have a diaper okay. situation. So one second. Wait. I'm going to eat. Yeah, I'm just going to eat. It's okay. The child will be getting comfortable over the last half of this episode, and that's fine. Yeah. Well, so, so the mental load. 
And I'd also like to point out the physical load of the fact that you've had to record, and this is not necessarily a critique on Corey. I mean, not necessarily a critique on your husband, because I don't even know if he's home right now, but like, you've had to record with the child for a while. Like, we've tried once or twice without, and yet the child still made appearances. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm so sorry. Because like, I'm because I'm breastfeeding. And that is like literally I think I talked to you about this. Like I recorded all of the, the minutes that I was breastfeeding pumping and it was literally over forty hours a week that I was attached to my daughter or to a machine pumping. And I was not padding the time. That was that was touching. That was her touching and attached to me. And then I would turn the timer off only when she disconnected. So like yeah, like, it's not. That is so much. And imagine trying to, excuse me, incorporate going out into that and, like, being social. Or, um, I mean, the inconvenience, not inconvenience the child, you are not an inconvenience. But, you know, the, the change in our dynamic and sound that we've had since, because she has to be with you so much like of course it's fucking hard to have hobbies also yeah. you get gate kept out of every everything just because you got tits and a vagina or because you have a feminine softer pr- presentation well, like and then the, people get gate kept out of things all the time yeah yeah okay well, let's let's talk about it uh, what is the big gatekeeping thing that they say well have you read all of the things you know what i have time to read you know? Like, do you know how many I have time to read in my schedule? No, of course I haven't fucking read all of the things, you know? And then, like, the time that I have to read is going to be spent doing the things that I enjoy. So, no, I'm gonna be, not going to be crawling around in all, all of the old stock bins. can't even remember what they're called. The long boxes in the back yeah. of the comic store to get the really, like, indie cool shit. No, I'm going to find the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes like, are you really in the hobby or whatever? And you're like, yeah, I am, because I'm reading, you asshole. Yeah. Hello! Hello, husband. (laughs) Are you willing to take the child for a second so I can wrap up this episode? No. Oh my god, that that no would have been perfect for the theme of this episode. Great job, (laughs) Jesse Butlin. You understood the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, but like, it's that, it's that, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I will relocate to the back office. Go ahead with your point. Yeah, I don't remember what my point was, but like when we talk about just like the gatekeeping shit and, you know, okay, so... Sorry that I'm so rambly, y'all. I've just got a lot of, like, thoughts in my head about this that are just really hard for me to articulate now because I'm just kind of fatigued. That kind of makes sense. When you talk about or think about or exist in sex a lot, in sexism a lot, you get ex- fatigued after a while. But that's, re- that's yeah, really, it really does. With, like, you know, race and sexuality. But it's fatiguing. Like, that's why people don't want to talk about it because we're fucking tired. We're just like, can you just stop, like, being a shit about it? Fuck. Well, and you know, I feel anyway. like wherever we first started, it was kind of centered around, um, like the, pr- <laughs> we were kind of centered around this exact topic for the first season, I feel like, you know, like you and me 
we're talking about like were women well portrayed in comics did they have good a good scope on what a woman person is like or are they over sexualized character caricatures of what a woman is or are they you know out of touch with like have you met a woman you know like that was kind of the the question of season <laughs> one and uh and then in season yeah. two we really worked on kind of like, come back around to it kind of critical and everything and i think just the load has increased so much over the last year or so for both of us like the stresses of continued working in a pandemic and stuff you really like lose the spoons to think critically about other stuff in a way that makes sense without like needing to blow some steam about your own about your own experiences like and I think that's okay and a valid yeah. thing for us to take a moment to be like hey also being a lady type just kind of fucking sucks in this field sometimes you know and and that all of yeah. the things that they use to harpoon us are doubly fucking insulting because, yeah, we're fucking tired from a 40-hour-plus job. You know, you're straddling two jobs right now in your field alone, you know, like, trying to further yourself mm-hmm. in your career. I'm trying to further myself in my career as a new mother still, like, still trying to keep my career from slumping, which statistically it does the moment you start thinking about expanding your family not actually not not in reality just the moment you put in your brain that you might want a child your your career stagnates statistically in businesses um and then you know and you think you got it you think you got it and you're like oh i'm good i'm good i'm doing it i'm pushing through i'm 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 making it happen and then you just get hit with the dull monotony of all of the stuff that never ends and there's no satisfaction because it's a never-ending list that expands. And the only way to keep it from expanding is to push 15 tasks a day through and you're desperately still trying to do all of the things. Like, I know you like to draw. You like to do a ridiculous number of D&D campaigns, which is, frankly, it was staggering before the pandemic. I was, like, in awe of your ability to have successful campaigns before all of this started and let alone like continuing them now you know you an avid gamer in more more one than one console you have you know like the art thing like that is i keep going back to it but that is like you you don't just do the badly intentionally bad art you actually are trying to make that a better thing for yourself something that you continue to grow and expand your skills in which is like also staggering to me because like 100% I have to be good at something immediately and how dare you even impugn that I wouldn't be which is what I have my biggest problem with with writing and stuff so it's just like you're pushing through all of this mental load in your hobbies in the games that you want to play all of which takes time like all of the stuff that you like takes time you know and and in order to be valid on the internet and in the nerd world, you have to do all of the things and then also be talking to other people about the things. And nobody seems to realize the hours it takes. And staggeringly, unsurprisingly, the number of people who are like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a hobbyist to also have a podcast are predominantly male. And you and I naively were like, it's just because nobody's talking about it. Like the, the girls are just scared to get out there and talk. 
And I think under the last three years worth of work, we've realized, oh, right. Also, we have so much less actual fucking time to do this with. <laughs> and it's just crazy to yeah. to get over the mental barrier yeah. and then fucking run smack into the brick wall that is the physical barrier, the actual social barrier between women and getting to do this kind of hobby experience. Like, sorry. Right. I'm I, just in awe of you being able to continue No, you're it. fine. <laughs> it, I sacrifice sleep. Um, oh, okay. Well, there you I, go. You know, I've honestly... I've honestly sacrificed chores at, um, to some degree of my own mental health. Like I am struggling in some capacity because of like, I'm not giving as much energy or respect or love to my space because I want to be able to wake up the next day. I feel like I'm not doing my job. Well, I literally just got a promotion and I'm still, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not here for my clients like I need to be. I'm not here for Girls Talk Comics like I need to be. I'm not here for For Everyone Media like I need to be. And there are just times where I'm like, I just want to draw a circle. I just want to draw a fucking circle. I want to open my reading app. And I struggle to open Hoopla because I'm so, like, tired. (laughs) Yeah. It's just... I don't like there are other hobbyists who have children and they are very much wonderful doting fathers. They are able and I've talked to them a bit about their schedule and they are able to do things like wait until children go to sleep or because of work demands, you know, they get off before kids are home from school or something. So maybe their lives are just more in line with that. They also have older kids than you. So that makes it easier. But also being male, if they have newborns, then they're not breastfeeding. Like, I know some who have given up some of their recording and live performances because of the demands of a newborn because they love fatherhood and the you know the needs of their wife that's fucking amazing and a personal choice they made um but they could also break away and do streaming and recording for like one to three hours and not have a child present like not have to get up and change a diaper or breastfeed and it's like it's a little fucking different Oh, yeah. Well, there's a huge thing about the default parenting. Like, who is the default parent in the house? And that doesn't necessarily go along gender lines. There are other, there are other, like, ways that those relationships work. But for whoever the default parent is, you know, like, say, we're talking about a, you know, a queer couple of whatever kind, you know, like, whatever makes up situation you have if you're a polyamorous family or whatever there's a default parent you know like no matter what your collaboration is and you're gonna try your hardest but that person is going to be under the greater burden and whenever you're a breastfeeding parent like that's you like no matter what that's you you know and um i feel like that person really has a different calculus for 
for how to manage. And that's going to be lessened later as they're older if, if everybody in the relationship kind of draws solid lines and is present and, and willing to help redistribute that as they get older. But yeah, it's a, I mean, like, it's a push the first couple of years, no matter what you do for whoever that default parent is. But that's a discussion so many people are not willing to consider a valid. Like, that is just patriarchy at work in that way. Like, they don't, they're like, oh, well, they do have to work. And it's like, but that's not, that is not how that actually works. And so, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying, but, and all you gotta do is follow a couple of stay-at-home mom, like, blogs to really internalize that feeling like even if you're a working mother if you like following stay-at-home moms you know and then like i get it i get it and it's not as bad i mean like the disparity is not as bad as a working mother but the guilt is worse (laughs) you know like because i'm quote the mother so i have to do all of these things even if nobody in my direct life is asking that of me my programming is it's written into my code. How do you go against something like that? It's also who's so, the one so that whatever what I sacrificed power that- for the podcast was sleep. Whatever I was staying up late editing, it was a portion of my perfectionism. Um, but it was also, you know, like things like cleaning and stuff and now what i've sacrificed is the podcast yeah and i feel bad i feel (sighs) terrible i I love this thing i love this thing that we've created together you know and and honestly i don't want to let go of it because it is a huge relief to me I, i live a fairly isolate life i live a life that is very same in terms of who i'm exposed to and not, there's not very many people that I could be even half myself with the way that I am whenever we get to have these conversations. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, this I, podcast yeah. is kind of the last connection I have to the hobbies that I love in some ways. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> It does, and it's so grim, and like also kind of same because if I wasn't connected in this capacity since I don't really work at the I work at the comic shop still but not in kind of a robust way I would stop reading like I pretty much have already stopped reading except like a bare minimum of stuff that I enjoy or I'm gonna like trade weight it later but it I mean, it's just so hard to even stay on top of some this, which brings me joy, um, just because of the load of everything else I'm doing. I mean, for fuck's sake, I went to the dentist recently, and the dentist came in and was like, so how's your husband? We haven't seen him lately. And the underlying statement of it is, your husband should call and schedule a dental appointment. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Uh, or now I have to that you that. should do it. 
because do you know how many I, I work in an office where that is the woman's role like i've heard her make appointments for her husband at least five times that's this year absurd i'm not doing that actually i've scheduled vet for appointments that he's had to take the cats to david if you can hear me i'm sorry and don't take this personally we're just venting about all the frustration but like i'm not scheduling his dental appointment i'm not scheduling anything like the but i still have to remember to re- prompt him about it and like i knew somebody whose job was to fill out her husband's job applications job oh applications God. he wouldn't even remember his fucking social security number and she did she aaron brockovich that shit i could guarantee she you did. she could just rattle that shit off you know what uh-huh and do you know what he couldn't even do when he got home he wouldn't even hold their infant so she could take a fucking shower And you want to fucking get out out there and ask, do women have hobbies? Think about why women can't do shit. Oh my god. Fucking fight a white dude. Like, (laughs) But you know what's terrible is, what's terrible is, I even can't, I can't blame my partner for any of this. Because I set out being a very vocal advocate for myself. And I made sure that I found a partner who I felt comfortable with putting my needs, you know, up there with theirs. And I love my life, but I can't let go of it. I cannot let go of, because I know that he has less hangups in those ways, in all of the ways that I'm hyper fixated on. And so I'm looking at my life going, I cannot let this get to blank state. Or I will be trash. You know, like I have to stay above blank level so that I'm not trash. Because I have a classes thing in there as well, where I'm like, if I do not do this bare minimum of upkeep and dental appointments and doctor appointments and all of that, like, I am trash. (laughs) You know, why can't I get my shit together? I am less than other people who can get their shit together, even though the people who have their shit together is a patriarchal myth. Like, it is a patriarchal myth that some yeah. pr- some couples can keep the life their, their also, life the same. Like, oh, we still go to parties. I'm going to push back against you a little bit, okay? Okay. Yes. Let me put that. Okay. So, one of the reasons I'm willing to make these compromises with my spouse is because I do like him and he has made a lot of progress and learned skills and is like proactively doing shit and like there are a lot of things that I've been able to let go and that's amazing that is great and so there is a degree of him picking it up on his own and some degree of like did he have a deficiency in being raised you know to like maybe do the dishes every fuck like every couple days or whatever don't let them build up because of odor like anyway but like i think that it can also be reciprocated from the other side our partners could also meet us where we're at like it doesn't have to be us letting things go 
because the other person's not picking up the bit. I also think that they could try to meet us. Maybe to some degree they are. And if people are offended by me saying that because you feel like you're trying, amazing. I respect that for you. Maybe the standards are unachievable. And so that's a conversation that you should also have with your partner. Okay? Like definitely bring it up with your partner. And if you're somebody who has those ridiculously high standards and you're always having those fights about performance, have that conversation too, but be it like, what's your standard? What's my standard? Can we please just like make these compromisable and then these non-compromisable? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a non-compromisable is like spilled milk in the fridge or like moldy fucking food in the fridge, which is not a problem here, but I'm using it as an example. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the compromisable is like, okay, a leftover can sit in a fridge for 10 days rather than four. Like, you know, some shit like that. I don't know. I don't live your life. I'm hungry. So I'm talking about food. My bad. (laughs) Uh, But like, you know, you admitted to some like classism and some internal um, delusions or like unrealistic expectations for yourself, your performance and things like that. And those are causing you harm. I think we've talked about that offline a lot about the stress around it. And so letting those go would be important for probably long-term for your mental health. I'm not your therapist, but I'm saying this out of loving you. Okay. Um, <laughs> at the same time though, there are things that like your spouse could do without you having to prompt. There are things my spouse could do without me having to prompt. There are things that they could start to engage with and notice without me having to prompt. And like a lot of the examples that I think you and I could bring up, there's also a voice in the back of my head for me, because mine is a bit of a classism, but I've been letting a lot of that go. But for me, there's a lot in the back of my head about fallacies about if I'm lazy or not, because there are problems that I would love to offload. But I would imagine a lot of people would retort with, well, why don't you just do that then? And like, there are tasks that are incomplete in my home or clean cleanliness things that get not done. And I'm constantly aware of them not being done. And I would imagine people say, well, why don't you just do it? And the reason, and that's in the back of my fucking head every time. But then Mm -hmm. the reason I don't do it is because if I get to watch my husband play video games for 16 fucking hours, I can spend three hours watching TV and he can go out and do something. Yeah. And that's where I think people, and like, that's part of my unlearning of that. And I think that's where people miss it. Mm -hmm. People do physically demanding and emotionally demanding jobs. Yes. We all need time to recover. We all can also take some initiative and take some responsibilities for doing tasks as they come up. But when it feels like it's only one person or when one person in a relationship feels like or in a place where there are shared responsibility feels like they are the only ones noticing and carrying that burden and carrying that list and carrying that thing, that's where it's fucking wrong. And because of our like societal beliefs and patterns, it usually ends up being the expectation of the female feminine partner mm-hmm. or and also and like and it could be that they're um i also only feel this way because of sexist expectations that were instilled with me like i'll totally believe that there are like people just developed 
with certain senses of responsibility and they just become the responsible disproportionately responsible partner totally i'll i that's probably the reality i have internal sexism about the fact that i expect it to be the female partner and probably some selection bias of like attract like attracting people who maybe <laughs> yeah like people who maybe fall into those gendered norms um, I, and you know you, you you're I talking mean, about unlearning yeah. and i saw a really important thing the other day uh, there's a tiktoker that i actually follow but not just given to me on that algorithm who talks a lot about fair play which is balancing these tasks and mental load in a relationship with equity um in a way that you know like gives credence to the mental load aspects of it so it's not just chores but also like who's in charge of magic at christmas time or you know like valentine's day or oh yeah or they that person well she had a post that said because she's also trying to expand her knowledge in anti-racism and she said basically that you cannot be anti-racist before unlearning your trauma around having to be perfect in order to be loved. And that kind of hit me like a brick to the face <laughs> a little bit because that's kind of how I feel about my internalized misogyny. Like, my partner takes the food load. Like, like he actually does the food portion and he does the garden and he does a very large amount of the, like, care and feeding of our child too like he does a fair amount of all of that stuff I feel like you know the, the part that I feel unwilling to let go of but also most burdened by are the quote Christmas magic bits or the quote classroom things or all of the quote mommy things like being the mommy here or there or whatever and expecting it to be 100% correct the first year of life which is a huge burden that you have trying to keep up with Instagram babies like just do you know how hard it is to take a cute baby photo? Um. Anyway, <laughs> those are the people with like personal planners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who 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 dress themselves well? I didn't realize this was a skill I needed yeah. as a mother because I I was like I'm not going to dress my baby like a mess. I dress myself like a mess. How did I even think that I wasn't going to dress my baby like a mess? And you know, like in a lot of ways, having a say levy like partner who is very easygoing about a lot of that stuff helps and soothes my soul but I have to forgive myself for even not being a meal prepper and planner and stuff because like feeding your child has been my job you know like and and like try to figure out how that transition's gonna work from me feeding her directly to like he does most of the meals you know like so I'm sitting here like about to try to take all of that from him and I gotta keep like rearing myself back like no like no you don't have to do that like you you don't have to do that right. and also you don't have to feel bad about not being the person who does the food and the thoughts about it and the gardening and all of that stuff like help where help is needed and be involved but you don't have to internalize that as something you're doing wrong but Jesus the moment I walk out of the room for an hour my skin is crawling, Erin. Like, I am like, oh my god, I've been away for too long. I And for some reason, that's not, it doesn't feel the same when I drop her off at daycare. 
I'm going to drop her off at daycare. That's a part of my routine now, and that's fine. But if I'm not doing anything, if I'm not actively, like, pouring labor into the world, if I'm just fucking off and I've dropped my kid off, you know, I can't just sit and be fine. Like, I have to be cleaning my house. And there's so many conversations about, like, that is not self-care. Like, taking over the baby for the mother so that she can do the dishes and vacuum. Or, oh, yeah, of course, you need some time so you can take an hour bath, you know, like, or so that you can go do chores by yourself or something. Like, go do errands by yourself. That is not actually what a break means. (laughs) And for some reason, that's what I think it means in my soul. Because if I'm not doing that, then it's not a break because I am, like, a mess. You know? Like, I I just want to be able to zone out again and read some comics. Or even just read some fan fiction. The dopamine is not hitting, and it's fucking good. Yeah, but how the, long has it? Yeah. The unlearning has been mm. on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, factor that in right below <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> but yeah, unlearning. It's <sighs> why? Why is that so hard? <laughs> Why is unlearning and shadow work and all of the different nomen like different names that we use for deep not just not just the coping mechanisms, but the actual fixing the root cause, making yourself feel comfy again, shadow work, deep work, like hard therapy, not just get by therapy, which is what everybody seems to be getting now, but actual like let's look at it and feel better at the end of it therapy. Why is that so fucking hard and almost impossible to start? Like, who has time to start that shit? Because you're going to be a mess for a while. Right. Because you need to be bored. You need to be bored to process that. And we're so inundated with stimuli and expectations, much like we talked about. And I know that is for most everybody. But a degree of rest and recovery is required to do that deep work. And rest and recovery is not necessarily sleeping. It's boredom. Being mm-hmm. bored is rest and recovery. And it's actually funny. Um, when I was walking home, I've started walking to work because I live close enough. And also that was 30 minutes of my day that I got to be bored. <laughs> I was reflecting on how um, my dream state has been processing held trauma mm-hmm. about experiences in my younger life. And how I have been able to experience those triggers in a more depersonalized way. Like I can look at other people experiencing it or like um, if I was to see that repeat again, I, I like, of course, you know, there are always different faces, different people who show up doing the act. Um, and these aren't always horrible, violent acts. Okay. But I've been able to engage with viewing it happening to somebody else and being able to feel the sympathy the wrongness like the external emotions that you feel to somebody who's going through it rather than the personalized stress you know Mm. like instead Mm -hmm. of me having to relive the stress the terror the discomfort I'm now on the outside being like I can fight as an advocate for this person or like damn they must like because some of it has to do with classes and groups and clubs that I was in of like you know, damn, that person's trying real hard and I hope they're taking care of themselves, you know, like ex- yeah. extending this level of uh, 
concern or care that I didn't from before. But I don't think I could have had that reflection if I had driven to work, sat through work, because work was constant work, 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 work today, mm-hmm. and then driven home where I jumped into this. <laughs> it's like I had a nice gap of window where it was just me. Like I didn't even have my headphones in listening to music. It was just the wind, the car, and cars as they passed by, and my own fucking thoughts. And that really opened me up to self-reflection and to um, being able to rest and recover a little bit. And that is also time that takes away from my responsibilities and my hobbies. But Mm -hmm. it is a perfect moment of self-care. I'm doing something physical, I'm outside, and I'm bored. And that that's why it's hard, because we can't be bored. Yeah. I don't know. No, that feels like that's the right answer. And I don't know either, but that feels like the right answer. Yeah, <sighs> but, yeah uh, and, and, and you know, like... Yeah. I just feel like it is. It's just exponentially harder for every person in your household. If you're the one who's accepted internally that responsibility. And I feel like it is a good idea as women to be exposed to the idea that a fair play situation might be a conversation you need to have. Even if you feel like you have an equitable home. Is it equitable? Double check. What's the what's the harm that could happen? Other than yeah. opening both partners' eyes up to, hey, this is what it takes. Or this is the unspoken truth that your partner is processing and and then maybe it it helps you put down some of that stuff you know maybe that that helps i know i know i've had previous conversations with less ambiguous (laughs) things before um with my partner that have gone really well and have really opened me up to moments of self-reflection like you're talking about and you know, it's really gratifying whenever, you know, because we've complained a lot about about fair load and equitable mind mind load and stuff. And um, it's really gratifying when your partner responds or asks you, you know, like for feedback. And I know that's annoying in some ways when they're like, "What can I do?" Because that's that's a list that you're handing off, and sometimes if you're not ready or if you haven't, if you're not prepared for that question, it's more work. It's another thing on your list, you know. Like so, that's not this the, the time to have this conversation is not when everybody's drowning, you know. It's it's not then, but you know, if you have a moment to take a breath and to really process that and actually give it away without following up behind the person and doing the things like my mom used to do with me for chores, for instance. <laughs> Like, okay, you vacuum, and then I'm going to vacuum correctly and then make you feel bad for not, like, not on purpose, but, you know, like, but, um, it's a real gratifying experience. (laughs) Yeah, but I'd also like to add that if you're the partner who is the recipient of this conversation, right, Mm -hmm. like your partner has come to you and is like, I am feeling burdened and tired and overwhelmed. I need you to do more. Also reflect on the list that of stuff that you take. Okay. And I'm not saying do that as kind of a rub in your face. Like do not 
hold it up or compare. But having your list ready can also maybe prepare you to understand like, one, am I actually doing stuff? Or two, what is maybe on your list that's harder for you to do that you can then see if your partner has an easier time of doing it? Example, I'm really, really bad about paying bills. Really bad. So I open the mail and I hand it to David. I hand it to my spouse and I'm like, fucking run. <laughs> like, go pay for it. And he just does it. But like, I, on the other hand, have to do like monitor the dishes make sure all of the like home repair functions happen you know so it's really like but but that's harder for him to monitor right so it's it's but that's fair play right that's yeah and so like yes if you're the person who's feeling burdened make your list and put specify what's the hardest thing for you to do and that could be the thing that's in your mind the most paying bills lived in my mind the entire time and I just couldn't be in a place to take care of it and then I would forget when I could take care of it and then go back to not being able to take care of it and then just be sitting there thinking about it Mm -hmm. because the window of not being able to take care of it was far larger than the window of could take care of it (laughs) so uh, being able to offload that cleared up so much energy and space in my head like oh my god like amazing amazing feeling and that's just kind of, I don't, that, but that was me reflecting and acknowledging, wow, I'm really bad at paying bills. Real fucking <laughs> bad at paying bills. Um, yeah. And so that, that made it so much easier for me to go to my spouse and be like, I have to have you do this. And at the same time, it helps me, like, if he was to, come to me and be like, I have a real hard time doing this. I'll be like, cool, I got you. Um, some of the requests are also, they're really hard for me to, to, to do too. So good luck. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have to compromise on the ones that are hard for each person, but it's still like, oh, I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I, I and I have hobbies. So fuck you, you anonymous podcaster, dude. I have fucking hobbies. Well, Ugh. and, and just to, I guess my final thought on the hobbies thing, which is really funny because we've kind of zeroed in on our partners, but like for my relationship, my partner has also sacrificed a lot of hobbies here at the beginning of, of our child's life. He is going to be able to pick a lot of those up because he has more community-based hobbies. Like he likes being outdoors. He likes fishing. He likes hunting. And all of those things are like perfectly suited to take your small child with. And it multiplies the joy that you can get out of those things, those hobbies, those things. A lot of my hobbies are solo play. (laughs) I'm reading. I'm thinking. I'm writing. I'm playing logic games. And reading is something you can share the joy with your child. You know, but it's a smaller type of victory and it kind of feels like teaching to me you know so it's going to be a little bit before I can really pay dividends Mm -hmm. on that and but like the bulk of them are not shareable experiences yet and and you know depending on her personality it's going you know whether or not it's going to be shareable at all so it might just never be shareable Yeah, yeah yeah so it's like okay well 
<laughs> even yeah, thinking yeah. about that, like there's a there's a disparity in fair play. Usually, there's a disparity in society's view of what you should be doing, even if that is not something either you or your partner care about, i.e., Easter baskets. Um, it, and then there's a depending on your personality, it just might be harder. Like your your personality, I'm an inside pet. That's kind of hard to do whenever you're trying to teach a child and give them new experiences and have them prepared for the world. So like it's like, fuck. Why did I think this was a good idea? Why did I think I was uniquely suited to do this? <laughs> and, and you know, sometimes the answer is because because you you wanted to. You wanted to just keep going. Sometimes that's the answer. I just, I just wanted to keep going. I wanted to see what my partner and I could create together. I wanted to continue to unlearn trauma and un and and break through cycles and do the hard work, you know. And I had hormones in my body going. Yes, do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> the best way to do this. Is to have a child. <laughs> Do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, <Nothing>. guys. <laughs> I'm uterus. No, um... We still get to watch oh, movies, though. This is a good discussion, and I hope people... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I... For our dear listeners, please know that we love this podcast. But We do. If you ever insinuate that women don't have hobbies just imagine just imagine waking up with sleep paralysis and i'm just standing over you staring disappointedly you don't even have to imagine it you don't even have to imagine that there's a self-portrait on twitter of you in the corner staring judgmentally at the sexist people who are are mad about girls in comics that's true. That's true. That dramatic. <laughs> it's amazing. That dramatic self-portrait I did. It's Thank amazing. You. No, Thank it's you. great. And I, I mean, really, honestly, if we're talking about sleep paralysis demons, that's, that's like a hundred percent what one looks like. And you should just be in those corners haunting those people. Hell yeah. Spiritually, and I hope that, yes. like the succubus of yes. legend, that actually helps you get up in the morning and have a nice wow. trauma processing walk. <laughs> and yeah. feel yeah. <laughs> every time I feel better I know my sleep paralysis demon um, you know alternate self is out there tormenting another sexist comic bro <laughs> comic gate better wa- fucking watch out bitches uh, apparently I'm you... having a really great time tormenting sexist bros <laughs> in their sleep amazing you. And you know, if you find a Wattpad fiction about that exact thing, maybe just don't worry about it, Aaron. <laughs> I'm, I'm also processing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, fine, fine. I say that, but I have no idea what Wattpad actually is because I've I've been a sheltered Ao3 baby the entire time I've been on the internet fan stuff. So I've been sheltered. I came to that game late and I don't know what Wattpad fiction actually means. That's my outgoing confession. I just say it to sound relevant. I just say it. Y'all, I want to tell you where to find us, but I also don't want to tell you where to find us. Yeah. Can I do it? 
I mean, if you want, Google girls and talk I guess that's comics. Kind of a fair play thing. <laughs> Damn, that was quick. <laughs> Google us. <laughs> Find the link tree. Boop. Bada boop. Do some of the mental load yourself, people. Just boom, fucking bada Google boom, it. Bada boom. <laughs> But also, if you just listen to this, like, that's fucking chill as shit. Yeah. And, I mean, like, if you made it this far, regardless of amazing. your gender. <laughs> re- yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, regardless of your gender or agender status, like, fucking, if shit's rough, shit's rough. And anytime somebody's out there being like, do you know anybody who's agender who has a fucking hobby? Just, I don't know, punch the dude in the throat guy obviously has a fucking problem and like just because girls for him specifically because he said specified women just because women don't want to do things with him doesn't mean they don't have hobbies and also don't ask yourself that question that's fucking rude people like to have fun anyway hi yeah google us we love you um we love you you'll be bored yeah take care of yourselves drink water drink water and yeah we love you and please understand that we're we're here yes eat (sighs) if that is something that is non-traumatic for you yeah i don't know we're out here fighting the good fight even if we're slow sometimes (laughs) we're doing our best we're doing our best I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Oh, my. I'm right here. I'm right here. Are you going to have you figured out what's wrong? You figured out what's wrong? You haven't figured out what's going on. Your diaper's done. Your diaper's okay. Are you gonna come over here and say hi to mom? Come on. Come on, come here. What's wrong? Oh no. Oh no. You tell me about it. Oh, I know. I hear you. I hear you, but I don't know what's wrong. Better. I hope whoever's editing this leaves the whole like, oh, I need to take a five minute break in, and then just puts like the Batman transition noise of, no 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 like in, <laughs> swoosh changing scene, and now we're back, you know, and now we're back with Lillian who's in a 